Welcome to another GD Podcast. I'm your host, Guy DeMarco. Going to be a quick intro today because we got a whole bunch of stuff to cover. Um, This was going to be a recap episode of the NRL 22X in the arena, hosted by Eddie up there at Arena Training Facility. This is his first time being a match director and uh, first time like hosting a match. Now, he's put on a ton of matches there at Arena, but this is the first one he's ever done. So um, he wanted to give the NRL 22X a chance, so he did. And it turned out it was a really good match. I had a lot of fun. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about it here in a minute. Um, my personal opinion, some of the targets were a little too generous. Some of the stages were a little too generous. That's really weird and annoying. Hold on. I have no idea what's going on. Oh, yeah, it's my phone's too close to my doohickey again. Awesome. Anyways, um, overall, I thought the match was a success um, from a shooter perspective and as an RO perspective. Um, everything went off pretty well. I would just say that some of the targets were a little bit big for the distances we were shooting. Now, the preface of this match was a um, an NRL 22X match. So basically up to the match director how he wanted to run it. And he wanted to run it very similar to the NRL Hunter match that um, was held at the arena earlier this year. So what he ended up doing is it was the exact same targets. So some of these are, are pretty big targets. These are center fire targets that are normally put at three, four, five hundred yards. And we're shooting them with a 22, anywhere from 40 to 300, I think was our furthest shot. But it wasn't bad. Ten stages. Um, total round count for it was 87. Um, everything was a three minute part time. So walk up blind stage on a command, go three minutes to find range and engage, uh, a set of targets. First one, we had to shoot turkeys off of a buggy. Uh, wish I could have gotten this stage back. I shot a six out of eight. Uh, nobody on our squad ended up getting to the Uh, Pulling the trigger on the last two targets, just a time variable slash uh, shooting off the back of the buggy. I should have ran it right to left instead of I ran it left to right. Um, Prairie dogs inside of a hunting blind. There is uh, three prairie dogs. You had to engage one prairie dog from one window, one prairie dog from one window, one prairie dog from another window. But it was three shots on each. Um, Most of these targets were... There was one, two, there was three stages that were hit to move on. Everything else was um, identified round count. Um, So that was pretty fun. We had another one where we javelinas. I don't know where this one was at. I know we shot something off of, We like we shot off of a buggy. We shot off of um, out of a tree blind we shot out of a like a modified rooftop um that was pretty small that you kind of had to like move around you couldn't see all targets from one position there was like a VTAC barricade that we engaged some rabbits from which was really fun the coyotes was really fun you had to climb into a deer stand and then find the targets from um the shooting window um 
and you kind of had to like loophole your round through some trees. That was really, really fun. I did drop one round on this stage on the coyote farthest coyote was like 130. It was a lot of fun. And then, um, if you've ever shot at the arena before, you've got like the wooden log barricade that used to be on the UKD. They brought that over and we shot off of that at some, um, some four inch circles, pretty close. Um, that one was a fun stage, super close. Didn't really have to arrange them. Just kind of like ping the back tree to see what my far farthest target was and then run from there. It was pretty fun. I really liked that stage. Really liked the coyotes out of that, that blind too. I had to take my first two targets uh, weak side because I couldn't like position my body because of the chair that was in there. It was a good time. Um, the suicide ladder. So this thing was like murder. So it was probably like a 10 inch diameter telephone pole log hanging off of a chain from a strap with um, probably like 10 inch lag bolts screwed into the side. And you had to engage these targets out to like 115, I believe. Um, but you had to do it off of either both of the top bolts or both of the bottom bolts. Um, your rifle had to be supported by the prop. I kind of got creative with this one and put like the area 419 like skinny bag rider on there. I used my Armageddon gear fat ass bag as my rear support. And then I used my Schmedium game changer and like jammed it underneath the log and then squeezed it. And it would take the pressure off the change to chain to keep it from swinging. Um, that was pretty good. Uh, really liked that stage. It was, uh, it was kind of a pain. Um, we had a cattle gate, two E-type silhouettes. So these were at like 120 and 140 but it was for time. So it was a cattle gate, four positions. Um, first four rounds were at the t target number one, which was at 140. And the second, uh, your other four shots were on target two, which was at 120. And you had to go for that for time. I did it in 140.45 um, and got all my hits. So um, that was pretty dope. I got beat on time a little bit on that one, but not by much. Um, and then we had the four boars. This one was off a tank trap, a suburban windowsill, a suburban windowsill on the passenger side, and then a tank trap on the passenger side. I, um, went into this stage, stage nine with three shots down on the entire match. And I dropped three more points right here. So that put me six down on the match. Um, there was a pretty big ditch. I didn't, I had my distance is good but i didn't account for like the the updraft we were getting um i saw it on my second shot and didn't apply it to the rest of my shots uh the rest of my first round impact shots so um yeah it just uh i ended up dropping three on this one and then stage 10 the dirt berm pigs um you had to go up on a berm on a dirt berm super slick and then you had to engage four targets um, you will fire two rounds at each target from position, from one position. You must start in the prone and move from left to right. Each, uh, target must be shot in numbered sequence, one to four. You must hit each target twice before moving to the next target. So target one was on the far left at about 300. And then target two was at about 285 and then like 272 
and then 260 left to right. And I went up there with two fully loaded mags. So I went up there with 25 rounds and never even got close to that 300 yard target. I was dancing all around it. Um, was making me pretty mad. Um, I walked off the stage with a zero and then somebody went up right behind me and cleaned it. And I have no, no idea. Like I sat there and rearranged the, that first target like 20 or 30 times. And I was coming up with the exact same distance. So I have no idea what happened. Um, but yeah, it was good. So my stage one, I dropped two clean, 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 drop one, clean, 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 drop three, drop eight. So I put me 14 down and put me in fourth place. So not terrible. Um, not terrible at all. Had a really good time. Um, uh, Levi Sanderson ended up winning the match. You'll hear from him in a minute. And then my buddy freaking Harrison Servos from Servos Custom Firearms took second. And I think he and Levi dropped the same amount of points. It was only on time that he got beat by. And then third place dropped, I think, five or six points. And then fourth place, me at 14 points. So got a good opportunity to walk the prize table. Thank you, KGM. Uh, KG made for putting a 22 suppressor on the table. I picked that up and then immediately turned it turned around and gave it to another shooter that was farther down on the list. And I know that he's been wanting one. He'd been looking at it. So I just picked it up for him and gave it to him. And, uh, that was my good deed for the day. Um, but yeah, had an awesome time, really good match and let's kick it off and get into the actual, um, interviews that I did. There's like 10 or 12 of them. So it's going to be a good time. Yes, I'm a nerd. Thank you, Brandon. Hey folks, got to Marco, another GD podcast. We just finished up with a course of fire here at arena training facility, shooting the arena NRL 22 X match put on by Eddie. And what we have here is Mr. Chris Cape. He is a shooter out of Georgia, and he competed today. He also won the MPA Cool Acres PRS Rimfire last weekend. So we figured I'd get him to sit down, offer him a beer, and be able to talk some smack about shooting some precision rifles and some 22. So what's up, Chris? Not much, man. Just trying to cool off from a warm day. It, it was definitely warm. Sun started to finally come out and heat things up a little bit. Uh, how'd you do today? Uh, drop 16, I think, for the match. So okay. shot decent. Had a couple stages that I just made mental mistakes and cost me a couple points. But overall, it's a good match. It was way different than anything I've ever done. Okay. How uh, so? How was it different? Uh, you know, just conventional PRS. You know, get up there 90 second par times. You know the know the targets where they're at, what the ranges are. Uh, this adding another. You know, having to get up there, range the targets, find the targets, you know, do something with your dope. It just uh, definitely adds another level to it. I thought coming into this, I was like a minute 30 is plenty of time because I never time out, you know, most of the time on our normal part times in 90 seconds. So I was like, you know, if I take a minute 30 to range it, and I can shoot stuff in, you know, 60, 70, 80 seconds, I'm good. Okay. And then I timed down the first stage. I was like, whoop, I got to move my tail. I can't <laughs> I can't keep doing this. What, uh, what stage did you start on? Started on the cattle gate. Okay. Uh, which the, had the two Ipsics. Yep, um, tiebreaker stage. Yep. So I did not shoot that very well. That was a good way to start my day off. Um, 
just got up there. They're like, you ready to go? I was like, sure, I'll go to it. Didn't even look at the wind. I was like, ah, just they're big. They're big. I'll hit them. I'll hold them on the left side and let it eat them up, and then everything went off the left. So Okay, fair yeah. fair enough. But fair I dropped enough. five on the very first stage, so that's good times. Just audio. So we uh, – we shot that towards the end of the day yesterday, and it was it was eating a lot of people's lunch as well. Um, so we had three minutes total, so 180 seconds to find, range, and engage targets at an unknown distance. So the targets were just out there, and you had to find them and engage them. Um, what equipment setup did you use for today? So I used a set of Vortex Fury HD with the applied ballistic software in them, okay. um, which made this doable. If I would have been you know, ranging with my normal range finder and then trying to put dope in my Kestrel, I would never have time to get it okay. done. So having that, you know, letting the dope pop up in the screen and taking it to the gun was nice. Uh, shooting a Remex, okay. uh, Manners TCS stock, uh, Green Mountain Keystone Accuracy Barrel, and uh, Athlon Midas TAC 525. Okay. Um, so you're saying it wouldn't have been beneficial to try and laze it and then, like, enter it into a Kestrel? I don't. I mean, I shoot pretty quick, and I, I there's I wouldn't have had time to get it done. Okay, um, you would all really had to have had range it and have like a dope card with everything okay. out in increments. Um, I think to really do it that way. That's what I did yesterday, yeah. and it seemed to work pretty good. Um, I had a big sheet on a big clipboard, and then I'd range it, and then I'd write down the distance. I'd range the next one, write down the distance, and I'd just go to my little chart and try and find all the targets, and then and then go to town. I did really good. I only timed out on. One stage yesterday, yeah, um, which was the first stage, that the buggy, okay, the stage one where you got the e brake up the butt, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to get around that was a challenge, especially if you're a bigger boy like I am. Yeah, I think I, if I had to do it again, I would have shot it backwards. I would have shot off that back post first, then the front, and then the steering wheel, and then that other brace. But um, yeah, I timed out on that. I I hit everything I shot at, but I the last two I didn't get off. Yeah, same, same here, same, same situation. Um, so, what takeaways from this match do you think you can incorporate into other matches like this going forward, or just general PRS style shooting? So, I don't think, I don't think I would change anything about how I shoot PRS off of this. Um, I've, I've wanted to shoot one of the big centerfire hunter matches. I wanted to last year or the, earlier this year here. And uh, I fell out of a deer stand in November, so that kind of cut my shooting back. Yes, it did. Um, so I, I would like to shoot a couple of those matches in the future, so I feel like this was extremely beneficial for that. Um, and everybody you talk to that shoots the Centerfire Hunter matches loves it and raves about it, so um, that's definitely on the bucket list to, to do that. But I don't – I mean, this really doesn't – I mean, the, the moving so much, because there was a lot of movement and a lot of stuff, I think that definitely – you know, helps sharpen stuff for PRS, but the really the ranging and being and not if like there were some stages like I didn't necessarily range them, like I thought I had a good idea of where they were, and but the unknown of getting up there and not like being a hundred percent sure where you need to hold, um, just being blind targets, not yeah. knowing what the target shape is, but not knowing where they're at. Yeah, like, and like that the the very first stage we shot, that's one thing that got me. Like I thought I was ready, but. You know, when I got up there, I was like, oh, I, I'm not ready, you know. I'm not ready. <laughs> but, you know, it was a bad way to start the day, but we went to the Tahoe next, and I shot it well. Um, I high score out of all the little group that we shot it, and um, then went to the long-range stage and, you know, did decent there. 
um, where a lot of people struggled. So I felt like I got some points back on those two stages, so I just kind of put the other one behind me. And what did you get on that long-range stage? Take five. Five on stage 10? Yeah. There was only one person that got a six. Nobody cleaned it all that Really? Long. So you're doing pretty good if you if you were getting solid impacts on that stage. Like, And the problem was, like, it – I, I could get good ranges on the three far right targets. The furthest target that we shot, like, no matter what I did, like, it was, you know, saying 228 yards, you know, 310. I'm like, I know it's not either one of those. So I just kind of put it on what my dope was for 300 and then saw where they were hitting and then tried to start walking it into walking the target. Walking it in, yep. Yep. So that target, I ranged it a crap ton. I got a zero on that stage. I ranged that thing a bunch yesterday from a set of laser rangefind binos, SIGs or whatever that somebody had, and I was getting 298 consistently. Yeah. And, I mean, it was a good target, but it was a hard target to range because right at the bottom where the feet are at, where you'd want to laze it. You couldn't see. You couldn't see, and there was a berm there. So everybody was hitting the berm. I had multiple people dial dope for 200, and it's a 300-yard target. So they're hitting yeah. Way, yeah, way, way off of it. Um and then I had some people not see the pigs and trying to take a poke at that 598 berm back there. <laughs> the big ipsic in the back. Yeah, the huge ipsics in the back. And I was like, that that's not it, guys. That's that's not it. But it yeah. was it was it was a tough stage, but it was it was good. It, I, I, I called think, it the humbler. Yeah, it definitely was humbling. Um I think one thing that we don't really think about with rimfire stuff, and the only reason I know this, so uh last weekend obviously we shot cool acres. Um the Thursday before Cool Lakers, I went and trued all my dope out of 300 yards at a local place we had to shoot. And, um, you know, got my Kestrel good for that. You know, I go to Cool Lakers, and I have to turn my BC down um, to get it kind of trued back up. So I, I dropped a couple points because of that there. And then so I went and trued yesterday morning to get ready for this. And um, obviously the BC still a little off because I had the – I had the dope right, and it was mm-hmm. still, you know, it was actually hitting a little low there. I was having to hold high. So I think a lot of a lot of us, you know, so used to shoot center fire stuff, like you get a good load in the gun, you know the load works. Um, your Kessler data doesn't really change from match to match unless you go somewhere way off and shoot this. I feel like it's very dependent on where you're shooting, um, the climate, everything else, even if you're shooting, you know, good ammo. Right, and it was cool. I wouldn't say cool, but it was – shaded most of the day it just now started to get real sunny and start to start to cook and bake a little bit so yeah um definitely your as- atmospherics with 22 is definitely going to play a bigger part yeah for than, sure uh, than in center fire you can go two three four stages without spinning your kestrel with a center fire but on a rim fire it's a lot more important yeah sweet man well anything else you want to throw in here no nah, man appreciate what y'all do for the podcast and you do it our own this weekend and yep Always good to see you, buddy. Awesome. Appreciate you, bud. Yes, sir. Thanks. All right. Bye. Shit stir, hey. With with a motor, yeah. All right. So we're back. We got Brandon Haywood here. He is an ambassador for Applied Ballistics as well as a few other outstanding agencies within the precision rifle world. And he was out here today at the Arena Training Facility NRL 22X match. That was out here, and he was one of the main ROs. So go ahead, introduce yourself, Brandon. Kind of give us your brief, brief background into Precision Rifle, and then tell us what brought you out today. Yeah, so got started in Precision Rifle way back, and it feels weird to say that now, but it's true. Uh, 2014, so I've been around this for a minute now. Um, 
it's short version of it is over the years made friends in the industry that that turned into informal like hey help us out we'll help you out that, that turned into eventually like formal full-on hey we want to sponsor you hey we want you to work with us that kind of thing um yeah it's Whole bunch of companies, uh, as you mentioned, Applied Ballistics, Bushnell, RCBS, uh, Armageddon Gear. Every single one of those, in some way, shape, or form, I've had a hand somewhere along the line in product ideas, product development, testing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm sure I'm missing somebody in there, too. I know I am. We it, always are, and yeah. it, it, it's always okay because I'd put you on the spot, so it's fine. Yeah. But, yeah, so uh, – this year I've had to take some time off. Um, haven't been able to shoot as much. I ended up trashing my elbow pretty bad early this year. Uh, so shooting prone has been difficult. I can't really put a ton of weight on it. It's finally getting to the point where I can shoot prone again and then trying to pick up a bag or anything. If I turn my hand the wrong way, my whole arm just shuts off. Okay. So it's like positional shooting is completely out right now. But uh, so, since I've been not shooting as much and it kind of pulled back from matches anyway, I've been trying to get out when I can to help out at matches, RO, come out, see some friends, talk some trash to people that deserve to be have trash talk to them, like you. Fair you, enough. You especially. Fair enough. Um, Chris I, over here he tends to catch a good bit of it when I see him. Also fair enough. <laughs> also fair enough. It's like if you're going to be an RO at a match and your friends are shooting the stage, half the points be able to give them a hard time and pick on them. And oh, absolutely. Be like, hey, them. you want to you hit the target? <laughs> the point is to hit the target. You, you need to hit the target. Yeah. So um, the Kestrel match. Oh, was it the Kestrel? Yeah, it was a Kestrel match last year. Sir? Now I can't remember. It was one of yeah, the matches. It, it was the Kestrel match last year because it was a PRS qualifier stage. It was a PRS qualifier that you have to hit 400, 500, 600 yards, mm-hmm. and they're like one-and-a-half MOA targets from prone, must hit to advance, near to far. Then you have to run back, grab a second mag, go back to the gun, switch to weak side, and do it again weak side. Right. And you have to shoot the whole stage, nothing but holdovers. So my buddy Corey gets up there. Corey was running a 308. Of and course. Corey, <laughs> yeah. You know exactly who I'm talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. And he's like, you could tell he was not doing well that day because it was like 15, 20 mile an hour winds, picking up, laying down, flipping 180 degrees, just the wind gods out there with both middle fingers in the air going, ha, ha, to everybody. And he's like, yeah, this is, uh, Corey looks at me and goes, yeah, this is not going to be fun. I'm like, if you miss too many times, I'm going to start giving you the special RO calls. Yeah. And he's like, oh, God. Yeah, please do because he's like, I'm going to need to laugh by that point. So he gets up there, very first target. Miss. Miss. Re-engage. Sends the second one. Miss. Re-engage. Third one. Miss. Re-engage. Fourth target. It's like, all right, special call time. Fourth shot goes off. You suck, Corey. Fifth <laughs> shot. You still suck, Corey. You still Six. suck. Sixth shot. Stop sucking, Corey. Seventh shot. He finally hits it. Impact. Yeah, finally. Go to the next target. First shot on the second target. Yeah, you still suck, Corey. Stop doing that. <laughs> Sweet. He ended up burning like 14 rounds, I think, to get like two or three points. Hell yeah. I mean, it's 308. It's only like two bucks, right? Yeah. Well, and then the worst part on that stage was the first target was the only one that had any kind of berm or anything behind it. Yeah. And the actual dirt was like 30 or 40 yards further downrange than the plate. The second and third were completely skylined. So if you missed and you didn't manage to get lucky enough to see your trace, it was pure guessing game. I'd sit there and I could watch people's trace through the binos and I'd see them start like two tenths off the left edge and completely miss the wind read 
and you just start seeing them walk it out further and further and further. It's like, mm, like hell yeah, you should have gone the other way. Go, go the other direction. Yeah. So Your other left. So you came up here what Friday night? Yeah, Friday night. You came up here Friday night, and then we went and drove in your Tesla really, really fast. <laughs> and then obeying all uh, applicable speed limits, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Listening. And then uh, it's okay. Nobody's listening to this podcast. And then um, got up this morning, and you ROed the the tiebreaker stage, right? Yeah. And yours was uh, the cattle gate. Yep, cattle gate. So four positions on a fairly wide cattle gate, uh, two targets. And you went from right to left at varying heights. So it was right to left, four positions, one shot from each position on the first target, which was at 140, 141 yards. And then back the other direction on the cattle gate on target two, which was at about 120. And at position four, you engaged target one and then immediately went to target two without having to break position or anything. I yep. Think, I think I had two, one. I know I had one. I might have had two cleans on that stage. Had a lot of people timing out. Decent number of people got through it all, but ended up like missing four, three, four, five shots. Sweet. So this is definitely your not your first time ROing mm-hmm. or ROing at arena. But from the from the small amount that you got to see the match, what did you think about it? It's, I thought the course of fire looked really good. Looking through the book, looking at the stages, I drove out to mine, kind of poking around. Kind of wish I'd been able to shoot it, to be honest. Court uh, looked like it was a well set up match i like the fact that eddie decided to go with the i'll call it nrl hunter light format yeah where it's not you know you didn't have to start with all your gear up on your body and everything else like you do in hunter but you still had to find and range and engage the targets under a slightly more generous time limit which is cool you don't see that much anymore yeah it's I miss some of that old school, like, you've got to have your crap together, not just... Read it out of your matchbook. Yeah, and then know that you're probably going to, unless the wind just completely flips on you, it's going to be like, that first shot's going to be a wind read. you pro got a decent chance of hitting it on the first one, and then from there it's just boring. It's like, Sweet. pick up, lay down, shoot the same targets. So what would you say to somebody that hasn't signed up for an NRL 22, a PRS 22, or an NRL 22X match that's thinking about it. Just freaking do it already. Just do it? Just do it already. You're probably going to show up. You're going to realize your gear is probably not set up the way it needs to be. That's fine. You you'll you don't really start to learn that until you show up to a match for the first time. Yep. You're going to learn, probably going to learn your data is not as good as you thought. Or all of a sudden it's like, oh, man, this gun shot great at 100 yards, but I can't hit squat at two and 300. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, hey, it shoots really good off of a bench when I'm in the perfect position exactly. or X, Y, Z. But as soon as I get on this wobbly death ladder, <laughs> like, or, or can't this, hit nothing. Yeah, or this cattle gate that the RO can look at it really, really hard and it starts to shake. Yeah, that thing was pretty flimsy. Yeah. Um, I leaned, into it. I leaned into it yesterday and it shifted like a whole foot. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Yeah. This is going to be great. Yeah, the only thing holding it up was it was a T-post on each end with rope loops. It wasn't even, like, fully secured to the T-post. Yeah, it, was it wasn't L-bracketed or nothing like that. It was just some 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 light twine. Yeah. Sweet. Flopping around. Well, I appreciate you hopping on here real quick. And uh, you want to give any last bits or shout-outs or is, uh, there any, is there any breaking news coming out of any of the worlds that you run around in? Nothing I can talk about yet anyway, no. Well, I had to try. <laughs> all right, brother. I appreciate you. I, all I'm going to say is expect some butt hurt this fall. <laughs> butt hurt this fall. Got it. Butt hurt this fall. Awesome. I appreciate you, brother. Thanks yep. for coming on. Anytime. Yep. I know, right? 
And we're back. We are here with Leia Lamb, because I don't know how to say names, but that's fine. But we have another RO slash shooter from this weekend here at Arena Training Facility. Go ahead and introduce yourself and kind of talk about your shooting adventure. Well, correction, my name is Leanne Lamb. No, you're it's Leia. You, you're the only person that gets to call me Leia. Um, shooting and ROing here at Arena this weekend. I think the course of fire was great. Stages were difficult, but there again, fair. Targets were decent size. Great time for a first-time shooter. I think they would have a lot of fun. Okay. ROing, it was great. Hot. I, I think hot <laughs> yesterday yeah. while the ROs were shooting. Today at my stage, I was breezy. Yeah. Was I was comfortable. Time. Yeah. Yeah. What stage did you run today? Stage four. Okay. And what was that? What did you have to do in that stage? That one was a four positions, 80 possible points shooting per position to at rabbits okay and uh um, don't remember the name of it i think it was just v the vtac barricade v or something. something yeah you had to shoot two shots at uh a target for four positions and four targets um not very not like a huge distance either no i think the f what was the farthest one like i'm gonna be honest with you i didn't range mine yesterday when we shot it Fair enough. I they mean, were they were tall targets. They were tall targets. Like you walked up, you could kind of see them. You were like, "Oh, okay. Well, that's a little further than fifty, but not quite a hundred. Let's yeah. do this." And you kind of know where you're gonna be. Oh yeah. Like if a hundred is two mils, like, and the target's three mils tall. Let, let's let's yeah, let it rip. Let's go. Let it eat, yeah. man. Let it eat. Yeah. Um, but you had a good time yesterday. Good time uh, yesterday. It's hot. It was hot. It was it's like 106. Hot. 106. It got hot. And the RO stood out, stayed out there for, what, 930 to close to 6 o'clock? Yeah, right we at had, about 6. We had a day full of shooting. Oh, it was full. It was full. There was a lot of sitting and a lot of shooting. And before anybody, like, wants to call us out for shooting yesterday, we shot yesterday, but we, we held it true. Like, nobody was – the only person that was on glass wasn't shooting. Correct. He never hit – the range button on our laser range finder. No. Um, he just sat there and called impacts all day. He did. And then um, I was the third shooter. So we shot in the same order every single stage. So I was third up every time. And he started to get overheated, so he hopped in the truck. And as soon as I was done, I just hopped on binos and, mm -hmm. and started spotting for people. Um, but, yeah, it was hot. It was 106. 106. We had We were drinking water like nobody's business. We were hopping in trucks trying to get AC. Um, there might have been a Budweiser or two involved Maybe. Uh, around lunchtime. Like, all in all, it was a it was a good time. We did finish up at six. Mm -hmm. uh, finished up on the Humbler, the stage that I ran today. But all in all, super good, super good time. Um, what would you say to the female shooter that follows her husband around to matches, but never really gets involved or does anything? What do you want to say to that shooter or potential shooter? That potential shooter, I would say give it a shot. Nothing. Try try 22 match first. Okay. I was not like that. I shot a PRS match first. <laughs> shot a PRS match. I'm a left-handed shooter. 
with a right-handed rifle. Okay. So you just went on level 10 right I off the get-go. I just went on, you know what, I'm going to do this. I don't care. I like this. I was the wife that told her spouse, hey, I think this would be something fun for us to do. You got a sister? No, wait, I'm already married. <laughs> you need to talk to my wife. Get her to come I out I was going to say, I, I'll need to influence some wives or soon-to-be wives or potential girlfriends. Why'd you look at Chris when you said that? <laughs> but come on out. Like, was out. was anything was, – was, were things too heavy? Were they too tall? Were, like, uncomfortable? Like, what with, are, what are the struggles? Setup, no, no. Now, that is one thing I will say for a female. Figure out what weight works for you. Okay. I have shot rifles that were too light. I've shot rifles that are too heavy. Okay. If you're not comfortable with it, you're going to fight with it all day long. Yeah. Um, I love mine. I love my setup now. Okay. I love both of my rifles now. As long as your husband doesn't break your video? As long as my husband does not break my video. We got it fixed. Oh, he you did? He, he finished the day. Came out strong, hopefully. One stage, kind of through him. What, what did he get overall? Do you know? I don't know. He I think did. he's close to you. Uh, no, we're not going to say that. I think he's close to you. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, we yesterday I was having a run at it, and then that last stage no. just got me. That last stage got you. Bad. I mean, that last stage got everybody. That last stage got everybody. But two people. But two people. We got Homeboy over here, and we got Nathan. We're the only two that cleaned it yesterday. We had no cleans today. The average was probably two. Two today? I would say two to a three. Two to a three today? Yeah. Wow. We had a six, a five, like two or three fours. Two or three threes, handful of twos, and then a bunch of ones and zeros. To mm -hmm. be to be honest, that was that one it was, was a, a eater. Tough stage. That one was stage a eater. That was a tough stage. Yeah, but you got anything else for the people? Try it. Try you'll it. Love it. Okay. You'll love it. Then you'll be eight grand deep and <laughs> loving life. Okay, so the expense thing. Okay, so somebody wants to try it, but they don't have the equipment. What do you tell them then? Hit up the match director. Just go to a match and spectate. Somebody's going to toss a rifle and ammo at you. I like. was going to say, most people are going to share their stuff. Yeah. Whether it be scope, binos, bags, somebody there's got the stuff that you need. And more than likely, you've got a friend or you've got somebody that's talked to you about it. They'll let you borrow their stuff. They'll let you shoot their, their yeah. rifle. Like, I brought a backup gun just in case. Like, in case something catastrophic happened with mine, I didn't want to be two and a half hours from the house. Um, I wanted to know that I could I could reach out and poke something with it, too. It's my old CZ that I, I ran a couple seasons with. But, like, I brought an extra gun, extra bipod, extra dope, extra Kestrel. Like, I brought it all. Brought it all ready to go. Like You got to be that way. Yeah. I mean, when you've done this two two years now you get somebody that's got 422s mm -hmm. thanks brother so where's mine <laughs> of course thank you thank you you see you get hospitality here yes you do you do get hospitality down here 
Sweet. Well, I appreciate you coming on, given the, the female perspective. Yeah. You're okay. the first woman I've had on the podcast. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. I'm flattered. You should be. Well, thank you. You're welcome. We will talk at you guys later. All right. All right. Appreciate it. All right, we're back with another guest. We got Chase Lamb, Leia's husband, even though he's the worst looking of the two. This is very true. Very true. Put that mic a little bit closer to your face. There you go. I married up a little bit. You know. A little bit closer. Bend it in. There you go. Say something now. I married up a little bit, brother. There you Come go. On. Perfect. I mean, you did. She's. I mean, if she's the one that told you to get into shooting rifles, you definitely married up. Hey, look. It is entirely her fault we're here today. 100%. I'm okay with blaming her. She found a post for the Cotton Bowl Classic in Vienna on Facebook and told me and Jack Warren about it, and that started everything. It's, all, it's all her fault. We showed up with deer rifles, no bags, <laughs> uh, non-target turret scopes, no range finders, nothing. We just showed up with bullets and us and had a good time. Hell, yeah, that's how you do it. I mean, that's literally how I showed up to my first PRS match. Yeah. And it wasn't really PRS. It was like, you know, local gun club mm -hmm. shooting guns. I showed up with tack turrets or, or you know, normal duplex reticle, no mm -hmm. nothing. No shooting Christmas a three. tree, no nothing. Yep. Five-round box I mag. Was, and I was running a 224 Valkyrie AR-15 with a Vortex Crossfire 2 on it. <laughs> That is what I was running. So. Nice. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, can I check out your scope? Like, at the end of this day, we shot, like, four, uh, eight stages or something like that. Nothing crazy. Everything, like, 400 yards and in at this at this tiny little range. And uh, I was like, oh, can I look through your scope? I was like, man, yours is so busy. It's like a Christmas tree in there. And he's like, yeah, it's Christmas tree reticle. What are you shooting? And he held it up and looked. And he was like, Jesus Christ. He's like, hey, guys, he's shooting a duplex. He ain't got nothing in this thing. And I was like, yeah. He's like, how'd you hit that target 400 yards? I was like, well, according to this drop scale that's on the box, says I'm 12 inches high at 400. So I held 16 inches over the target. I was running uh, a Federal American Eagle factory ammo in 224, <sighs> took the velocity off the box, grabbed the Hornady app, and punched in the ranges, and that's what I went with. Hell, yeah. How many targets you hit that day? Uh, 19, I do believe. I did clean one stage. Did it have one target with one shot on it? It was four targets. Pigs. Oh, I hit pigs no matter what it seems like. <laughs> every well, pig that Valkyrie target, will find a pig. That's what I'm saying. Every pig target in every match, I normally clean that stage. Okay, so you shoot in the PRS, mm -hmm. and you shoot in the PRS rimfire. Mm -hmm. What brought you out here to shoot an NRL 22X match? To do something different. Do um, something different? Yeah. We love coming out here to this range in particular. What do you love about this range? What do you love about the facility that Eddie manages out here? I like that we got on-site lodging. I mean, that helps a bunch, especially if you're shooting, you know, for a couple of days because it's two and a half hours for us to get here. Okay. Not a terrible drive, but you don't want to drive back and forth. You'd rather stay. Um, we pulled a camper up here and stayed because they got hookups. We normally stay in the cabins. It's great. Um, wide open range, multiple ranges. I just like this nice and clean. People are friendly. But, you know, I haven't been to a PRS-style match, NRL, any of it, where people aren't friendly. If you need equipment, they'll let you borrow equipment. I had magazine issues today. People were throwing mags at me. You know, 
they, nobody minds you borrowing their stuff. Correct. Correct. So, um, is this your first NRL 22X match? NRL match, period. Okay. Is So, have you been to another match where you had to range find range and engage before? No. Never? First time. Okay. How was that process? Like, we talked to Chris a little bit earlier. How was coming from that PRS known distances, mm-hmm. you're able to look through binos and spot all your targets. Here today, you're in a small holding area 20, 30 feet from your start point. You're not looking at targets. You're not looking and getting ranges. Mm-hmm. Most of us aren't. There's a couple cheaters among us. Amongst us. Amongst us, right? <laughs> so you hop on, you, you get brought up, shooter ready, standby, go. And now you're on the clock, and you got to get have your gear set up, ready, find your targets. You know what the shape is, but you got to find them. Mm-hmm. you got to range them. And then you got to get into a position, whatever that position may be, to start engaging those targets. I mean, it's definitely different. I love it because it's just a, adds that little extra challenge to it. Yep. Um, I basically did what most people, I guess, would do. I watched a couple of YouTube videos for NRL Hunter Class matches, <laughs> yep. right, to see the gist of it. Uh, a buddy of mine bought a brand-new SIG, was it 5,000 rangefinder that will give you the dope when you build a ballistic profile in yep. it. So he's like, here, take that because you're going to need it because it's either that or get some binos that will range. Um, so – are you saying that range finding binos are going to work better over uh, like a monocle setup? Yeah, I think so. I think they will. I use the monocle and I think the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it takes part of it. You know, like today, being a 22 match, um, none of the targets are that far away where you can't just range them with a monocle. Uh, now, I think a center fire match where you're shooting at some stuff seven, 800 yards, the binos are going to be exactly what you want. Right. Um, it'll skip a step for you. You can right. spot and range at the same time. But if you don't have that, it's going to be a challenge. you got to have something that's going to – because you don't have time, and I guess everybody's the same way. First stage you shoot, you're thinking three minutes is a long time. <laughs> it was not a long time. I will apologize to my wife that was on here previously. Three minutes is not long. You run <laughs> out of time quick. Oh, man, I love it. Yeah, three three minutes seems like forever. Like, I got three minutes. It's all time in the world. No, it is not. I mean, I got to the point through the day that I'm ranging the first target and nothing else and just hold over, just taking a little guess. Yep, taking a poke at it because mm-hmm. some of the stages were limited round count, eight, nine rounds. Some mm-hmm. of them were shoot until you hit the target. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was definitely interesting. What um, – so, NRL 22X Hunter-style match, do you think this has better prepared you, given you a more realistic thing to work on if you want to shoot the center fire match? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I'd like to shoot a center fire match. If they have a center fire match here again, I'll sign up. I okay. think Eddie was talking about putting another one on the schedule for yeah. Later this year, beginning of next season. Yeah. So he was talking about doing two more, I think, rim fires. So we'll be yeah. back. Oh yeah, for sure. If I'm still around, knock on wood, uh, I'll come back and do this because, I mean, we shot yesterday. We went at a blistering snail's pace. We started at 9:30 and didn't get done till six o'clock. It was hot. It was hot. I couldn't drink enough water. No. Um, I had to get in the truck. I was I was getting ready to go down. Um, I was putting water bottles under my armpits, trying to 
cool off blood. It was bad. Um, but yeah, today today worked out. It wasn't too hot. We were done. I was done and off my stage by one ten. Yeah. So perfect timing. They're finishing up scores right now. We're gonna figure it out what it is. Move on from there, man. What do you think won it today? If you had to guess, score wise. I'm gonna say low eighty. So maybe an eighty to eighty. 82? I'm thinking it's going to be like 75 to 77. What would you end up on the day? 69. Dropped 18. Okay. I would have been right where you were, except for I had that malfunction in the box stand. Oh, Okay, oh. you had a malfunction in the box stand? I only got three shots off, period. It went to folding bullets in the chamber. Oh, no. Yeah. So. Oh, no. Yeah. Dirt. Did, you get it, did you get it worked out, or what was it? Dirt's in the mag. Two of them's useless right now. One of them feeds perfect. Luckily, I had three. Luckily, you had three. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, um, I will say this about that. You got some some red Georgia clay, dirt, fine, granular. like. I think it all just came off of stage 10, laying on that mound. I, I think, think it. I think she got some in yesterday, and then I think I got some in one today. I would say, like, yeah, you're on the clock, but um, I think something that I'll bring for this, for if I do another one of these, is I'll have a drop pouch. And just have a catch-all pouch and just throw everything oh. in it. Because oh. if I can keep it out of the dirt, it's one less thing that can lead to a malfunction down the ramp, down the down the line. Or I might bring a shooting mat, throw in a backpack, unfold that thing. Yeah, like even like a towel or something like that, you throw out. Because mm-hmm. yeah, the towel will get dirty, but it's not landing in the dirt. Dirt. Mm-hmm. As long as you throw the right side down in the dirt, it might work out for you. But be out, be out there in a nice white towel. One side's just red. Just red. Just red. Like my. I probably got stains on my knees. Like, these probably ain't coming out. That's why these are shooting pants. But, yeah, so what would you say to that new shooter and then that new female shooter or that that wife that's tagging along with her husband? You obviously shoot with your wife on the regular. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to a female shooter from the husband's perspective about coming out and shooting? Well, I mean – I am fortunate that my wife likes shooting of any kind. Like, I mean, we take her father's got a 50 cal. We take it out on the range and have fun. Like, she'll shoot anything with me. Pistols, it don't matter. So I'm fortunate. But, you know, if you're the uh, wife at home that's tired of the husband being gone on the weekends shooting matches, this is an easy cheaper way to get in i mean you can buy an off-the-shelf cz you know for six seven hundred dollars you both can shoot it and it's not like it's going to get hot and overheated and need to cool down you're not going to burn the barrel out in a season you don't have to buy the expensive ammo um i mean you can literally run cci standard in that and yep and do fine for one of these for matches. this match i think cci standard would have been a fine a yeah. fine choice if somebody was just getting into it the only only, I mean, only stages you'd have had nine problem and, nine and ten, nine and ten, and that's it. Every other stage you'd have been. I right mean, because those are it. those are over two hundred yards. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, unless it's going yeah. subsonic, yeah, you're going to have a little bit of an issue there. Yeah. But other than that, I think CCI standard would have been uh, perfect. And I mean, you know, it's a good way. There's not that many female shooters, in all honesty. I mean, and that's the part of the sport that kind of needs to grow a little bit more. I agree with that because. You know, if your wife's into it, too, she doesn't mind you spending the money on it at that point in time. Right. It's not just your habit at that point I mean, how many female shooters did we have? We had, we'll call it 50 shooters this weekend. How many of them were female? That shot just the match? One. Right? 
No, we had more females than that. But, I mean, the other ones were ROs, right? Okay. Mike's daughter. No, Mike's daughter. And then. Was there another female shooter? Because I didn't see Adrea. Okay. uh, Kukinson or Kukinton or something like that. Okay. Okay. So, two out of 50 people. Two out of 50. And then you had three ROs ROs. that shot yesterday. Yeah, that are female. So, like, I mean. And and I'll say this, too. And this is something we've kind of figured out. um, Because I saw a lot of wives standing around but not shooting. Right. Though if, if you won't, don't want to shoot and you want to do help you you know spend time with your husband, come RO the matches. Go to a couple, see how the setup is. RO, it'll help you out in the long run. Like, okay. You know, because like here, they gave us a cabin to stay in at no cost because Leanne's ROing. Yep. So that cuts into your price of shooting right there. I mean, you're saving 100 bucks right off the word go. I mean, exactly. So ROs were able to stay – the mm-hmm. night, mm-hmm. Friday, or I stayed Thursday night. You we did too. You, you guys stayed Thursday night, mm-hmm. so that's a hundred bucks. We stayed Friday night, hundred bucks. That's a hundred bucks. Yep. And we saved on the match fee, yep. seventy bucks, yep. forty bucks, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how much match fee was. Seventy. You, seventy. Mm-hmm. So you guys saved two seventy times two. Right. I saved two seventy. Well, you paid the entry fee. I paid the entry fee. So, of course. Two seventy for her and two hundred for you. Mm-hmm. Four seventy right there. You guys saved. Yep. I saved two seventy. Mm-hmm. I still get the the points, mm-hmm. and hopefully I finish well enough to grab something cool off the prize table. Exactly. Other than that, like you might make money. I might make money here. Yep. Because I right? mean, you're only shooting. And honestly, like yeah, some of the stuff on the prize table is super legit. Yeah. But I'm pretty much set. I don't need a whole lot. Like, I'm eyeballing those uh, Vortex rangefinders mm-hmm. and that Manor stock. Other than that, I don't need a whole lot. So <laughs> I'm eyeballing the Manor stock, the Voodoo certificate, and the suppressors. That's that's Okay, fair that's, enough. That's if I tops. get called first, like, hook a homie up. Like, okay. I got you. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, good times. Well, you know, I'm getting eyeballed by Beth over here. She's laughing at me. If, if Eddie's it, probably talking shit over there, too. Yeah, probably. If, Probably. If Cape will summon that TCS in two weeks, I ain't got to worry about the Manners certificate. Oh, he's going to sell it. You know that. Yeah, I know. It's he coming. Gonna it's he's going to sell it, and, you know, he's going to be like, you know what? I need that new I need that new Matrix, and he's going to sell that. Well, you know, no, pay no, for that. No, no, no. Andrew switched to Vision. He'll probably want a Vision so he can be like Drew. Mm. Uh, I mean, you're right. You're yeah. right. That Vision was looking really good on the line it was, today. It was looking good. I like I mean, that raw. One of them. I like it raw too. It actually looks really good raw. I'm not. I'm not mad at having a straight raw raw bare aluminum chassis. That looks yeah. pretty good. I I do like it raw. That's why I got two kids. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Pull out game's not strong, sir. Fuck no. I've been complimented by the gynecologist for not only having two kids in the 13 years we've been together. All right. Solid. Yeah, almost 14 years. Solid. Anyways. <laughs> Super appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, hope to do this again. We will definitely be seeing you again. Yes, sir. Appreciate and, uh, you, brother. Much appreciated for the weekend. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right. So this isn't a shooter, but this is Miss Beth, and she's the glue that holds Arena together. I don't know about that. I'm going to go ahead and say it's true. I don't know if it's glue. Maybe it's string. <laughs> <laughs> so what is what is your role? What is your affiliation here with, with Arena? Jack of all trades, master of some of things. 
I don't know anything. I'm That's what I like to tell them. No, I, I'm, I started off as just part-time. Just part-time? Helping Eddie with events. That was what I started part-time. And how long ago was that? Four and a half years ago. Holy cow. Part-time. Part-time. But when I was working 40 hours at full-time and 50 hours plus part-time here in a week, yeah, busy. Yeah. So now what do you do? Everything. Everything. I, the cabins, the lodging, the events, okay. um, a lot of the admin, some of the admin stuff okay. here. Um, lunches, food, the guys come in and out, taking care of them, washing their clothes. Hospitality oh, really? crew. I'm the hospitality You're the crew. hospitality crew? So, you at, so the military folks that come in here, you actually like laundry service for them too? Mm-hmm. Wow, I didn't know that. We do everything here. Everything is here. Laundry's done here. All these cabins are flipped. And when everybody leaves and everything's here, I do all that. And I, you know, sometimes have some people that work for me. Okay. And whatever Eddie says, help. Yeah, <laughs> whenever Eddie says, hey, I need a hand. Hey, I want you to help me remember this. And I'm just over here going, oh, oh my God. God, I can't even remember what I'm supposed to do. Let me get my notebook. Yeah, get my notebook. That bothers him. Use your phone. You have a note system on your phone. I got to have some paper. Yeah, my wife's the same way. I'm like, you have an $800 piece of paper in your hand. What are you doing? Yep. So, um, I heard you sponsored all the lunches today. I did. And I greatly appreciate that. Those are some good burgers. Oh, my God. They were <laughs> delicious. I was like, like, you can go downtown and get a burger that's not as good as whoever or however that burger was made. It's, just, it's a little secret. It's, it's a little with, secret spot. Yeah, It's made with love, isn't it? It is made with love. See, I can't find that anywhere. you so. got to sweet talk them. That's what I try to tell them around here. It's a small <laughs> town. They're not from here. I am. you got to sweet talk them. Fair enough. Absolutely. Fair enough. So you've been here four and a half years. You're flipping all the cabins, taking care of all the military guys that come through here. What is the craziest thing you've seen at Arena Training Facility? No, let's see. We may have to play the fifth on that one. <laughs> okay, what that, is that one? What is the ta- one. what is the tamest thing that you've seen here at Arena? You know, there's not one event that doesn't have a story. Fair um, enough. It doesn't matter what if it's been, of course, military, yep. um, PRS, AG Expos, Expo. Expo. Qualified performance. Yep. I mean, you know, nothing says qualified performance till you, you ride through the parking lot of the cabins at 6.30 in the morning and there's moonshine bottles all over the porches. You know they had a good time the night before. Hell yeah. Now, for us, not so the next day when we <laughs> clean up these cabins. You know, we've had a lot of interesting stories out here. Like I said, one thing's happened in arena. Got to keep it here. Yeah. <laughs> Happens at arena, stays at arena. Awesome. Well, I just wanted to bring you on here so I could personally I say thank you no, for the I, lunches I and all that you do here. Because I remember my first time here was coming to the very first AG Cup. And I came up here to RO, and all I did was run around and help Tom, help you, and help Eddie. Because that's what I do. Like, this is uh, not my home range because it's two and a half hours from my house, but it's like a second home. Every time I come here, shooting matches xyz like i don't get a cabin but i get here like two in the morning i just come in here and crash on the couches nobody bothers me everybody takes care of everybody you know we can lift weights in the back drink beer in the cabin (laughs) everything's taken care of feed the gator out in the pond 
everything's everything's right with the world. So oh, I yeah. just wanted to bring bring you on and say I like that. I, I appreciate like you. Appreciate what you do. I know you're behind the scenes, trying trying to stay low key, but people gotta know you come to arena and you see Beth. She's a large. I yeah. know she did. I already said that. I, those hamburgers, I'm telling you. <laughs> They're good. I don't know where you got them, but you got to keep getting them because those were delicious. It's the secret. It's the secret. That's absolutely right. We get off air, I'm going to need to know what the secret is. There's, May- yeah, maybe so. That's May- one of those things. One of the, <laughs> I mean, I'll keep coming back you always got to keep an ace in your pocket. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I just wanted to say, bring you on, say thank you. Really appreciate you. All right. Thanks. Okay, I randomly grabbed somebody out of out of the crowd here that was sitting sitting with her man. So go ahead, introduce yourself. Um, my name is Lily Booth. I'm from Nashville, Georgia, and my boyfriend and his best friend shoot 22 uh, a little bit. This is their first time doing a um, the hunt version or whatever. Okay. So it was definitely different. Okay. I didn't expect. How do I explain it? I didn't expect it to be like an actual hunt. Like okay. they have to like find the animal. I didn't expect that at all. Okay. But it was cool. It was, it was cool. cool. Yeah. So you said that you shoot, but why didn't you shoot today? Uh well I don't shoot twenty two. Okay. Is it um, is it too small of a caliber? Is it a rifle versus a pistol? I think it well, I mean I've shot guns all my life. Like I hunt with my dad, you know, all that You're stuff. From Georgia, so yeah. that makes sense. Um I shoot shotguns, shoot skeet. But 22, I, I say it doesn't give a loud enough bang for me. <laughs> That's what I I don't know. I like, like, I like to feel the gun when I shoot it. Okay. And, I, I mean, I've shot their 22s, like, a little bit, like, in the yard and stuff. But I don't know. I just don't. It, it's, it's not, not your, enough. It's not your cup of tea. Okay. Yes. So, um, from the – supportive female perspective how is it coming to a match like this and just observing like what are your observations from just being an observer from not being an ro not being a shooter in the actual competition what are what are your takeaways or what is your perspective of the event the the type of event or like the people involved um so i never realized that 22 was like a big deal i guess i love this because <laughs> we we drank the kool-aid and we're like all about it and she's like i don't understand what the big deal is i love yeah. it i love it um but it was kind of cool to see that people like they really get into it and they spend bukoodles of money on it okay and guilty it was also very cool to see the different types of people like okay you can tell there's a lot of like different variations of people here i'm that type of person to pay attention to that um, what do you mean different types of people like you can tell some people are like veterans and stuff okay you can tell that for sure and then some people they're are camouflage like camouflage tuxedos yeah. got it <laughs> and then some people are like you know this is like their first time and they're just like trying it out just for fun and then there's like the people who are so into it and they've got these big backpacks with like all these, you know, different bags and stuff and different little gadgets and I've never seen anything like it for sure. Okay. But it's kinda cool. Kinda cool. Would you considering would you consider coming and shooting a match? Yeah. Okay, so you said you're from Nashville, so you know 
about the Widden, the Widden boys and the Widden matches. I do, I do. Um, have you have you shot one of those matches? I have not. I've known the Widdens a very long time. I've I've been friends with their daughter. We're in the same grade, so um, I actually grew up in their shop. Okay. Me and her were like best friends. Uh, so I was always around, you know, the big machines that make all the parts in like five seconds and, you know, the military guns that they like mm-hmm. somehow put together. I don't know. But um, so, but I have not shot a 22 match. I probably would. But I, mean, I mean, are you going to go shoot the next match? Seeing this, has this sparked? I mean, you said sparked that it, something. Has this sparked something? Like, I mean, not I, I probably won't be good at it, but I'll try. Okay. Maybe. Okay. What? So what other? <laughs> if he lets me shoot his gun, I'm sure fine. he'll let you shoot his gun. Yeah. It's fine. He spent but thousands of dollars on it. Might as well. Exactly right. <laughs> so what? What other? What you said? You got some veterans. You got the newbies. You got the people that spend way too much money on stuff what are some other observations that you took from the day um so driving around or not driving but walking around the arena you know the training facility or whatever it was super cool to see like the different like you know there's like different kinds of shooters there's different people that shoot different guns and it's all a big deal like there's all different kind of sports and i never I never realized that. Because okay. once again, I grew up just, like, hunting with my dad. Like, it's no big deal. Right. Like You do you a little know. target shooting, a sight in the rifle for deer season, and then you yeah, go Yeah, and then you deer go hunting. deer hunting. Like, that was, it. that was it. You know, same thing with turkey hunting. And I shot shotgun this past year. That was kind of cool. I mean, I've shot shotgun all my life, but I did it competitively okay. this year. Um, so, not that great at it, honestly. But it was fun <laughs> to just do it. Um, but I don't know. I never realized how big of a sport it was, I guess. Okay. So that was cool to see the different types of people, different types of sports that shoot different types of guns. And, you know, that's cool. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. (laughs) I just randomly picked you out of the crowd because you were sitting on the couch and I had direct line of sight, but I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. And hopefully Mm -hmm. your, your, your boyfriend and his best friend did well today. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. All right, I'm back with a young gun this time, and I don't even know his name. So what's your name, sir? Gavin Davis. Gavin Davis. All right. Is this your first NRL 22X match? Uh, it would be, yes. I've shot NRL 22, but never 22X. Okay. Is this your first time, like, having to find range and engage targets on the clock? No. Early this year, we uh, – was la- was it this year or last year? We shot the uh, 100 match here. At okay, so earlier this year? Yes, sir. Okay, and what did you think of that? Uh, I thought it was uh, it was really enjoyable. Um, we shoot a lot of PRS match style matches. Okay. It was uh, a lot different than the PRS style matches. Um, I don't know, but I found it to be more intriguing to to shoot it because you had a fine range. I just found that uh, a little bit more not exciting. I just liked it a lot and. Um, some it's stuck with. It's uh, the hardest thing about it is knowing your uh, game plan, kind of when you go up there. Right. If you're gonna range shoot, range everything, and then shoot. But I really enjoy it. Um, the style of it. Uh, okay. Um. So what were you shooting today? Like, what was your gun setup? Uh, it was a Remix. Okay. Uh, Twenty. 
uh, one and twelve twist and had a Leopold Mark Five on it. Okay. Uh, it was seven by thirty-five. Seven to thirty-five. So the attack R. What uh, what chassis are you running? Like uh, MPA BA Comp. Sweet. Yeah. And uh, the barrel is uh, Luther Walter. Uh, one and twelve twist. I said already. Okay. How'd you uh, how'd you do on the day overall? I did all right. Two. There's about two or three stages that I had some trouble on. Uh, I timed out on two, I think, because um, my game plan was poor, which is uh, part of the game. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I did pretty pretty well. I'd say pretty well. Okay. Do you know your total score, or you added it up in your matchbook? Uh, I. Wrote it all down. I didn't add it up. Didn't though. add it up yet? Yeah. You're just waiting for practice score to come out Basically. see where you're at? Okay. Um, so as a young gun, what would you say to other young guns that, you know, see something on YouTube or go with their dad and they're, they want to come do something like this, but they're not sure if they can do it or not? Like, how are you treated as a young gun compared to other shooters? Just give us your overall experience shooting precision rifle in general? I would most definitely recommend any person that wants to try this to do it, especially starting as a young gun, because in some stages, especially as a smaller, younger young gun, you get help and you get taught very well. And um, the matches I've shot, I've been, uh, my dad's helped me a lot, but I've been taught by other people how to, you know, get in certain positions, how to, uh, just apply everything that they know and they gave to me, and it's helped me a lot, um, definitely. And if you're, like, sure or not, just try it. The, there's multiple, like, people loan you a gun or something like that. Sometimes uh, some matches loan you a gun. I would just try it and just go for it. The worst, you can just not like it. That's the worst thing that could basically happen. Yeah. Um, what about... Um I mean, this is a, a, a left field question. How has, like, the discipline and the attention to detail needed for shooting precision rifle, like, traversed into other aspects of life? Like, whether it be your schoolwork or if you've got a job or something like that. Like, how do you think the attention to detail needed for this sport has, has affected other aspects of your life? Um, I can compare it to like school maybe by you have to in this sport you do have to study you have to practice because you practice certain things to get better at a, the one thing you're going for um, practicing makes a lot when it helps come to school um, that's probably all I can apply it to practice practice and um, like you know I have to study for a test basically right yeah same so, way in this. So, like, if, say, you are shooting a PRS match and it's the PRS barricade and you mess up and you drop one point, like, you know something that you need to go back and study, air quotes, how to how to not make that mistake again in the future, right? Like, oh, yeah, a lot of the mistakes uh, that I personally make are mental. Okay. Mental mistakes uh, really plague me a lot. It's... Just a matter of fact of basically learning from your mistakes sometimes, and uh, sometimes you get caught. Like uh, today, there's a stage, and uh, multiple people were taking their back. Uh, it was the uh, 
Uh, Devil's ladder? Yeah. Most people were taking their backpack and putting it under it. And I had a bigger bag, uh, just a bag, and I stuck it under it and tried to do it. And the, I had two at first, and it wouldn't work. And I brought another one with me, and I finally got it to work. But I probably spent a well over a minute trying to get something to work. Trying to get something to work. And it was when they were doing it and they was working, it was me or not, not sure about it because our backpack was a little bit different. But my dad went up later, and he executed with the backpack very well. And um, it was a mental mistake by me not thinking that the backpack would work because it was different and thinking other uh, otherwise. And when I had multiple, I brought three bags up there with me to use. I strapped one to my uh, pump pill and everything. And I had tried to use the two bags I had and stack them on top of each other because the one was enough. And I tried that for probably well over 30 seconds, which cost me a lot of time. Yeah, but three then, minutes seems like forever until you're, like, on the clock trying to do something. Yeah. And then it's like, uh-uh, no way. Yeah, that's what – that's definitely – mental mistakes is a big thing. If you get the mental part down, which I still don't have down, which probably no everybody makes mental mistakes. Mental is definitely the hardest part. And just like tying in – like you said, tying it into school. Uh, school is mental. Uh, you got to memorize it, your test. You got to – it's comparable – just the execution is a little bit different. Okay, fair enough. And um, how is being a teenager, going to school, being involved in the shooting sports, given that, like, a lot of the um, general public is not used to seeing a teenager competing with firearms? Like, you think of top people, top teenagers competing with firearms these days. You're thinking Allison Zane and that one other guy that shoots for MDT. I can never remember his name. Uh, Millard? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jake Millard. Yeah. Jake Millard. Like, those two are crushing it. Like, um, how do you feel? Like, are you looking up to them as fellow young guns or fellow junior shooters that are at the top of their game? but are still doing school and, like, still traveling the country shooting two days? Like, are you telling your friends that you're shooting, like, on the weekends? Like, what is it like being a teenager in, quote-unquote, the gun community shooting these days? What's that like? Um, most, of my, uh, most of my friends do know about it, and some of my classmates know about it, and um, they like to, like, make fun of it and everything. Not in a bad way, just in a funny way, like, because I've shot – they think shooting a 22 out to 500 yards is crazy, but with the right stuff, you can do it, and it's not hard to do. Uh, they don't necessarily think it's ridiculous. Uh, they more or less just think it, they haven't seen it done, but I've, I've told them that it can be done, and with the right stuff, right equipment, everything can happen. And implying on what you said about um, the other young guns that are uh, very much well competing with some of the older people, um, the last year I qualified to shoot, uh, nationals for PRS 22. Okay. And, uh, that w and, uh, Payne Grimes was there. Um, uh, there was a bunch of juniors up, uh, that shoot very, very, very well. Definitely compared to me, and uh, that was a very humbling match to see how, like, they were finishing, I think, uh, Payne Grimes finished somewhere in the top ten, and I finished, 
72, something like that. I was in the 70s somewhere. Out of how many shooters total? 124. I mean, so that's still that's still pretty solid for what that was the first year they had PRS nationals. Yeah, that was so. the, that was also my first year shooting any type of competition rifle. I team. mean, and you made it to nationals, so that's that's saying something right there. Yeah, um, they were. I would one day love to uh, get in there and compete with them. I have not shot centerfire yet, waiting on a chassis, but uh, soon enough. What chassis are you gonna go with? Uh, we got the uh, MPA uh, Matrix Pro. <laughs> I am too saving up to buy one of those. <laughs> if you RO RO a freaking MPA match and then you'll get some MPA bucks and you'll be you'll be on your way there. I mean the next two days what in October or something like that, but sweet. Well I definitely you got anything you want to shout out? I mean, do you post your, your match content on any of the social medias or I, anything like that? I do. I have an Instagram account. Uh, it's GND underscore precision shooting. Okay. That's it. Um, awesome. Well, everybody go and follow that. So he's another GD. I'm a GD. Got to go follow another GD. So <laughs> go do that. And I'll put it down in the link below. Well, I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on here, giving us the, the young gun, the youth precision shooters perspective. And uh, hopefully we'll see you at the top of that leaderboard today. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, man, not a problem. Attention. 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 Pineapple. I repeat, pineapple. Sweet, we're back. Can you hear me? That's the question. I don't know. Hold on. I can, it's coming through here. I don't know if that's... Okay, uh, sweet. There we go. If that that's counts. Better. I mean, it counts for something. I don't know what. I'm still new to this. I look like a professional. I'm really not. <laughs> All right. So we are here with one of the other ROs that uh, shot with us yesterday. He did real, real well. And he uh, he's going to talk a little bit about himself and then his thoughts about how shooting matches like this relates to real-world applications. Yeah, so I'm, I'm Larry. Uh I'm one of the sniper section leaders down at the Third Range Battalion. Um, the match was fun, man. I've uh, I've was just been recently getting into the whole 22 thing because uh, it's cheap, and I shot one up at at uh, K&M. Okay. At Shannon Shannon's house, or not his house, his, might his as property. Well be his house. Yeah, might as well be. I know. Um, borrowed a voodoo for it and realized that my bank account is going to hurt because of it. <laughs> uh, and, and it did. Yes. <laughs> so, That's what happens when they make yeah. a 700-foot print. Everything oh, fits Lord. it, so i got to put all the fancy stuff on exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> I know. So so that was fun. So, yeah, th this was my first time doing any sort of uh, hunter match. I didn't I didn't make it out here to Arena for the last centerfire okay. one. Um, but I heard good things about it, and I love shooting 22s, and I just recently bought a Voodoo, so Sweet. might as well make it down. I mean, I saw, like – it's kind of like the loner gun too. Cause it how is. many how many people shot that gun this weekend? Three. Three. Yeah. Yeah. And well, including myself. I mean, yeah. So. So. I that's mean, the cool thing about twenty twos, you know, because we the last time I shot at K and M before I had this, we had eight people on one gun. Oh my god. You know, and it it works. You know, they'll I mean, they'll it, take it. It broke it, the extractor on the second to last uh, stage, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> We got through eight of them, so. I mean, at least it, it does. Barrel doesn't get that hot. It doesn't. Yeah. It's not going to affect your ballistics terribly. Mm -hmm. So, good stuff. Good stuff. 
Um, so you said this is like your first hunter style match. Yeah. How does this somewhat relate to? You said you're a sniper section leader. How does this actually relate to stuff that you actually do in in the real world? It relates a lot more. Uh, for obviously, you have to range your own target, and you have to find your own target. Although that wasn't really a big issue here, you know, he has right. all the targets painted white, uh, and I think that would be. Um, kind of a neat thing for some of the future matches going on here. Uh, I talked to Eddie about it. Maybe not, I'm not saying like camouflage the targets, right. but I'm, you know, you can leave them at those just, gray. just like a matte primer gray would be cool, you know, because there's like you can't see it with your naked eye. You got to kind of at least get on glass a little bit to find it. But then once you find it, you're like, oh yeah, that's my target. Not yeah. like not camouflage it to the point where you know you see it and like, is that the target? I don't know. Right. It could be. It could not be. I mean, know? there was. I mean, all the targets were pretty obvious. I would say there was probably three targets the whole match that we shot yesterday that had a line of sight issue. One of them, yeah. well, four. One of them was one of the gophers on Devil's Ladder. One of yep. them was the coyotes in the trees. One of them was one of the turkeys. Yep. And one of them was some other random target. I think one of those little circles at the – I forget which stage it was. The little circles yeah, stage. Yeah, one yeah. of those was back in the woods in the shadows a little bit. And I could I could see how that could be a little tough to find. Yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, it was good. You know, uh, just getting more than, you know, you have the range to it. You're just going up there to see how stable you can get and shoot it and call wind. Right. Which is still, you know, it's still practical. Right. Um, for just to the skills part of it, you know, for a regular PRS or anything. But, you know, it, it adds that whole other level of ranging it on the clock and, you know, finding it, like you're saying, you can't you can't always see all of the targets from one position. Right, you know? like that. So you, the, those coyotes, you had to move around a little. You bit. do, yeah, yeah, which is which is good. Um, I mean, I engaged those first two coyotes left-handed. Yeah. And then switched to right-handed for three and four. Mm-hmm. Um, just based on like how my body position was in the thing. So yeah, like it just is what it is, which is great. Mm-hmm. But like having that actual professionally military trained precision rifle training how is this more difficult less difficult obviously you're shooting a steel target here versus a potential something else downrange but like fundamentals are fundamentals but i mean are you clipping into a tripod more or are you trying to take more modified prone like it you know it depends on where you are uh we we train a lot of obviously alternate firing positions. We do try to try to train as much tripod as we can. You know, urban urban stuff is one thing where you you know train the dudes to use everything to your advantage. You know, if there's a table in there, then flip the table over and get modified prone. You're not gonna you know stick your free hand your gun or stick it out the window if you can right. find something to build a solid this position. This isn't Mark Wahlberg and shooter. Exactly, right. it's not. Um, tripod. I was actually expecting a bit more tripod stages here. Yeah. Um, I saw you was. and your your teammate over there uh, run tripod quite a few times. I didn't yeah. use tripod rear at all. Yeah, the whole we, time. I think we only did it for that one stage on the hanging log, which right. was good. Uh, it worked. I, I think we both ended up cleaning it, but it still had more wobble than I was expecting. Just left to right from that thing hanging on the chain. Yeah, I think some of the dudes. Um, Actually, two other guys from our section that came out here, they ended up taking their bag 
uh, their actual pack uh, and sticking it under the log and then strapping it to the log so it just oh, wow. holds it there perfectly steady. I think that's the move to go on that one. Right. That I was used, really good. I used my, my schmedium and jammed it on the log and then squeezed the log and it would raise it up just a little bit to oh, take yeah. a lot of that side to side out. Yeah. That's what I did yesterday. Yeah. That would have helped a lot, but um, that worked pretty good. We, uh, As far as how it goes into what we train, I mean, yeah, the – the finding the targets, which wasn't a huge issue here, the range and the targets, the positional stuff. I mean, okay. yeah. Um, we, we use tripods a lot. Okay. What um, – <clears throat> as far as training for what your actual job is, how is how is something like this or like a PRS match or is it just extra trigger time? Like I, I talked to you yesterday. But yesterday I shot with um, – one of the soldiers that's in your unit, mm -hmm. in your section. And I was super impressed with him out at the Altus match. You guys have heard me talk about him, Akil. Mm -hmm. He, you know, kept his scope on zero and did holdovers for the entire state, yeah. the entire match. Yeah. Like, so that's, is that something typical that you guys for train? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of the differences between, you know, kind of the military, even law enforcement uh, stuff than it is from PRS. So PRS, a lot of people try to – in the, especially in the military community, try to discount it saying, oh, it's it's not real, blah, 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 you're training all this stuff, everybody's dialing for all this stuff, and they give you the distances, and, like, I get it. But they're also they, they're discounting like, the big fact that PRS and these NRL matches uh, kind of bring to the community. And it's, like, time management, getting in and out of position fast, getting stable fast, those are, like, the biggest things that you gain from here, especially shooting. I've shot the international sniper competition the past two years in a row, and you will see – the major differences in just the skill level to get stable off of alternate positions uh, from teams that shoot competitions versus not shooting competitions. Um, so that's that's kind of a one of the biggest takeaways uh, for us here. And also, yeah, it's it's more trigger time and stuff like that. But okay. uh, the dudes who compete, uh, you know, whether it be this, whether it be uh, you know two gun, three gun, USPSA. PRS, NRL, any of that stuff, like they're going to vastly outperform any of the dudes in, in any of the kind of work military style settings that the dudes that don't do it just from the efficiency and the, and the, and the more trigger time that you get stuff like that. So um, it's, it's good. Okay. So let me ask you this question, right? Us both being active duty guys. Yep. It's hard for us to watch like a military movie and not be like, for sure. This is fucking wrong. <laughs> and that's fucking stupid. And that would never happen. So, what are like, like say your big three movies that are just like complete BS when it comes to like precision rifle engagement? Because I know what oh, mine are. Man. That's the Hurt Locker and the Rock. Complete farsities in yeah. what's actually going on. But like from a sniper section leader, like what would your biggest, your three biggest BS calls be in Hollywood? Oh, dude, I don't really watch movies a lot, to be honest. Um, I, I don't know if I could tell you. Just <laughs> pick three out of my head. You know, there's there's the scenes that you see with, uh, I don't know, maybe the uh, getting all these. The the biggest thing that I see is these movies portray snipers to be these things like, oh, they can hit. You know, a, a mile shot, they'll, they'll, they'll headshot somebody every time. These guys are crazy. It's like, right. no, no. Anybody in the real right, in the real, in, in the real mind is going to tell you that, like, what, as far as hit prob probability goes, we, we, we talk a lot about this with the dudes at work. You need to be realistic with, with, your, um, with your skill level. And your uh, engagement. And your engagements, you know. Like, uh, 
I, I can't name a movie specific, but, you know, they'll think about things. Shooter. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, they'll to be taking these crazy long shots, and they'll be like, oh, I'll hit that all day. I'll hit that all day. And especially in the military side of it, it's like when you're briefing to a commander, to, to a platoon that you're supporting or anything like that, you know, you have uh, this, this expectation – uh, that you need to portray that's realistic. You know, you can't go in there and tell them, oh, 100% of the time I will land a first-round impact at 1,000. Because that's realistically, like, what's the size of the target? What's the distance of the target? What's the shooter's capabilities? Those are the three right. things that I tell my dudes all the, all the time. It's like, that's what you should be thinking about for every target that you go into. You need to be realistic about it. Because then, God forbid, the time comes up that there's a 1,000-yard target, a 1,000-meter target. And the you know you get called upon they're like oh yeah he'll hit it he'll hit it go put him on that and then you shoot at that dude and he runs away yeah and you you're gonna miss him you know yeah because uh, a human sized like a human sized target at a thousand yards yeah. is small no matter what you're looking for yeah and I, obviously we all know it's not it's not impossible right like have we made first round impacts at over a mile yeah. 90% of it is like, I made a lucky wind call. Oh, you yeah. know, but I, in, never in my life, no matter how long I keep doing this, will I tell you that you know, I, I can do make a first-round impact in a mile. I'll hit, right. hit, be hitting soda cans at whatever he's doing it in Shooter, you know, yeah. sitting there. So uh, like a beef them. stew at like a mile. Like exactly. That thing, yeah. that had to be like a 60x scope to, for, for, sure. for that target to be that large in his scope. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. – um, I immediately thought of Glimmerman with Will Smith where he like holds the Kestrel up and like gets the wind reading and like <laughs> dials it into the scope. And then one of those like uh, bullet trains that's traveling like 200 miles an hour and he freaking like pulls the trigger and it hits the dude in the head. Yeah. Like right before it goes into the tunnel. And I'm yeah. like, no, like yeah. that's not this a thing. This doesn't happen. That, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, a lot of the stuff that we train and that we try to stay proficient at is – uh, we shoot at night a lot. Um, I that's, mean, most that's, of your guys' operations are at night. Yeah. You, you, know, you guys have the, the advantage of seeing in the dark. For sure. Uh, and that's one of the big reasons why, especially, you know, I talked to you about earlier with Akil, with him going into to holding for the majority of his uh, targets is because at night, you know, you're not going to sit there and dial all these targets when you have a perfectly good reticle to hold over in. Exactly. Uh, and. You know, target exposure. Not a lot of times is a dude going to pop out and send, sit there broadside for you to look at him. Yeah, so he's going to be turned, be able, so he's exactly. not going to be a perfect 18 inches across. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you got to have the fast reflexes of holding over and stuff like that. So Sweet. Um, yeah. Sweet, man. Well, I appreciate it. Um, you're the first active duty sniper that I've had on. I've had one sniper that has since gotten out of the military and started his own business, but... I was a little bit different of a podcast, but super appreciate you coming yeah. on. Super appreciate you like coming out and representing one your unit. We actually know the same dude, which is super funny. Yeah, but like had a good time, man. Like yeah, for sure. I mean, roing and shooting the shit and making fun of each other and <laughs> yeah. all that other fun jazz. Like yeah, we're like I thought you were a sniper. I thought you would hit that. Yeah, and then yeah. me coming out here and like goose egg in a stage, and then you just completely wrecking house on stage <laughs> ten, getting a clean. I'm like, well, okay, humble pie, sweet, got it, <laughs> appreciate you. Yeah. Um, I will say that, like, you and your buddy, he's out of a different, same, uh, same reg, different, different bat, but like, yeah. um, you guys shared a rifle and like, you guys both like, same point value, but like five tenths of a second difference yeah. on the skill stage is mm -hmm. what 
like split the difference on your guys' scores, which I just thought was awesome and funny all at the same time. Yeah. Because it's your rifle, but he beat you just like oh, no. yeah. barely. And like, I'm saying it's a good thing you're not at the same. Sure, we shouldn't be interviewing the other actual sixth place guy. He's yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about right now. Oh, yeah. we got we got another guy that did better. Well, I no, haven't even he's just he's just bringing up how he beat me with my rifle. <laughs> oh, sweet, sweet. <laughs> just wants to keep. keep Wait, how many how many did he beat you by? Wait, which guy? Well, which no, guy? he's talking about Caleb. Okay, what we, were, what we were just talking about with the sweet. Okay, yeah. well played, well played. But another one of those other guys beat you with. Did the no. other guy beat you with his rifle? With no. your rifle? Okay, so it was no. only one. So that's not too bad. Yeah. Only one out of the that would have been one a, out of two. Yeah, I would have had to throw it away and get a Remax or something if they be, both I, beat me with it. <laughs> I mean, there there is that. I was gonna say, hopefully, like I'm glad that you two aren't in the same bat, so he can't like walk around team room <laughs> just giving you crap all day. Yeah, but it's, it's a good fun. time. Well, Sweet yeah, man. Thanks, man. Well, I appreciate, appreciate it getting you on here and 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 having some laughs and getting like the actual military. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, long range engagement guy on yeah. here and uh, and talking about it. So appreciate you, man. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Yep. All right, folks. We're just doing interviews all day today, and that's totally fine with me. All right. So right here we have the man, the myth, the legend. All right. <laughs> I don't know. This about is that. Jeremy freaking Salter. All right. Like, you may know him as the Altus NRL 22 Series champion. Um, I know him as Jackson's dad. Yeah, Jackson's dad. Jackson's dad. So introduce yourself. Tell me a little bit about you, how you've been shooting, like where you started shooting, all that fun jazz. Yeah, I'm Jeremy Salter. I'm old. Move that mic a little bit closer to your mouth. A little bit closer. Yep, perfect. Like that. Yeah, bend it in. Jeremy Salter. Yep, perfect. Live in uh, Century, Florida. I'm old. Been shooting uh, for competition about almost two years now. Okay. So, kind of self-taught. Always been interested in it. Always been a gun guy, but never shot competition until COVID happened. Okay. Started out center fire. You know, got my tail kicked. Learned a lot. And then uh, always been a fan of 22. And... Uh, then jumped into 22 stuff. And then grabbed, got my son in it at 10 years old. Just turned 12. And he's burning it down. He's been doing really good. So and that that's. But he's not here this weekend. No, nah, All-Stars got him. Yeah. So I, I Dang didn't expect baseball. Him, yeah, I didn't <laughs> expect him to go that, you know, this far. So We wanted him to. I mean, he wanted to be over here. And I was like, you know, we can shoot all year, year-round, but you don't get a chance to do, so, uh, you know, baseball. At this level. At this level and go this far, but, you know, once in a while. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So for sure. Yeah. Enjoy the 22 stuff for sure. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at scores right here, and I'm seeing a discrepancy. There's definitely one in mine. Take away the first three stages. They're <laughs> terrible. <laughs> um, After that, it got in rhythm. You know, this uh, Hunter format was a – took a minute to get used to but my rangefinder would not range on stage well the one you was already on yeah but i'd guess the right range but the first the first one i just threw out oh it's probably 310 it's like 290 or whatever so and I, was shooting, I was shooting ish. over but it looked like i was shooting under and then i kept going up holding more wind holding less wind you know how the story just started, I mean, I started off wrong it. i skunked it yesterday <laughs> i mean i don't want i don't even want to talk about it but uh, that was a tough. That was a tough stage. It was a tough stage. 
It really was. I think I think for the the guys that finished in the top, um, that was probably the the make you break you stage. It was. Um, you know, 100%. one and a half, one and a half, two mils of wind, and then if you couldn't lock on for range, you know, you you were kind of. I had solid range. I just couldn't get any you know, of them to connect. Yeah. And then two, so. Yesterday we had two people clean it, and today we didn't have a single person clean it. So, um, yeah. and we shot in heavier, in my opinion, heavier wind yesterday because we sh- were shooting at five thirty six o'clock yesterday, and couldn't make them connect. So, some people made them. I, I just wasn't one of them. Um, yeah. That's that was my worst stage on the day. But so you've been shooting and winning a lot. Yeah, practice helps. I mean, we're, we're you guys, on, you got a range at yeah, your house. Yeah, range right? in my house, and I've got almost all the barricades. So it's like anything else. If you don't practice, whether you got the distance or not, it's not really that big a deal. But uh, practicing with barricades, positions, knowing the rifle and how to set it up, man, that, that really does go a long ways. So, so what are you shooting? Distant wise or gun? No, gun wise. Because uh, you got you got a pretty sweet setup and it's got a whole bunch of stuff on it. Yeah, it's a little abnormal. It's a tank, <laughs> is what it is. It's heavy. It's a twenty-three pound V two, ninety <laughs> degree, <laughs> and an AI chassis. Um, double weighted arca rail to get it to balance in the front because it's got the old AI pattern handguard on it. You know, yep. really, they do have weights for it. It's kind of hard to get. And I didn't want to bolt a bunch of weights on the side of it and get okay. in the way and. But, yeah, it's 23 pounds balance. It's it's not really, you know, but anybody that knows it's got a heavy gun knows that once once you get it on barricade, it just sits there if you got weight. Yep. And then if you got it balanced, that even, you know, makes it better. But, yeah, uh, my, my gun does not weigh that much. I have 3D I printed side rails, so it doesn't weigh that much. So yeah. I can hopefully do better at <laughs> unsupported. And it, I unsupported, mean, it, yeah. it doesn't help. It, it hurts when you have to stand up and shoot unsupported for sure. But – you know, you just got you got to practice that also. So, how many NRL twenty two matches did you clean or take home at Altus last year? Five or six? I, I think you. I think you got five. Yeah, maybe five. And you won the championship. Yeah, and I, I was lucky enough to win that. It was got real close. Swedberg was right on me. He was. And I I knew he was. You know, it kind of messes with your head a little bit. Then you just have to go, you know, you just have to go shoot. It's like anything else. I mean, else. Those, those matches, yeah. we're literally like one to two points at the top yeah. from each other. Yeah. Like one or two points decides if you're first or fourth. They they were. And that was from like November to the finale <laughs> in April. They were close. I and mean, he, you know, we got to travel a lot and shoot with each other at other places. Because you, you know, guys he, went up to Tennessee. and Yeah. I, I, Me and him went up to uh, Cabin Cove, yeah. and we went, we hit some big matches, you know. And then, you know, I won an X match, only shot one, and then David would go, we go to Huntsville, and then he wins it, and then you know go back to Altus, and then I and we and him were just back and forth. Oh know, yeah, a, a bunch. I mean, you guys shot a lot of matches. I mean, you just went and shot a local small town center fire match. Yeah, and won that. Yeah, I mean, it was that was small. It was small, but the twenty two stuff. Other than the recoil, has really, really helped me get better. Okay. Positional and. Are you going to start shooting more center fire? You think or. <sighs> Little maybe. You know, it's an ammo thing. I don't reload, so I shoot the best factory stuff I can find or get. Okay. What caliber are you um, shooting? Uh, six five. Six five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's like 
finding a unicorn for it right yeah. now. And the gun's big enough and heavy enough, you know, it's, it's not a lot of recoil. Um, like I say, all the stuff I've learned to do 22-wise has helped me in the centerfire stuff. Okay, so, fair enough. Um, but it's been good. So how is it? What's it like shooting with your son? Because I know, like, it's cool to win for yourself. Yeah. My kids are too young. But, like, your boy, came, like, went into the finale in second place. Yeah, he did. Behind, I think, Sam, yeah. right? And now, like, he came out on top. So what's that yeah. like from the father's perspective? Well, you know, in the, in the beginning, it was, it was tough because, you know, you want to shoot and you got to get yourself prepared and get ready. And then you have, uh, at the time, he's – almost 11, now he's 12, but you got to get him ready and he's got to understand what he's shooting at. And then, man, it, it was really hard and tough, but then it got to where, you know, me me having to explain the stage to him, show him everything, it got to where it helped me as much as it was doing him because it prepared me for the stage. So Sweet. It was tough. It was tough. It was a transition that you had to make, and, man, it was it was tough in the beginning, but um, I don't think I would – I really don't like not shooting with him because it helps – me also even though it's a little harder on me sweet i hate to cut this short but they're about to announce it but i appreciate you coming on brother yeah thanks for having me man thanks all right folks scores are posted and we are sitting here with the champion (laughs) levi so you flew in at what time last night uh i landed at like 6.30, I think, or something. 6.30 okay. or 7. In Atlanta? No, I actually flew into uh, Panama City. Okay, and then drove up from there. So yep. that's about a two-hour. Two and a half. Two and a half hour drive. Not bad, not bad. And then got a good night's sleep, ate your Wheaties. Yeah, yeah. Did everything you needed to do. And then you come out here and you burn it down. Yeah, it was a fun match, man. It, it was awesome. It was. I would say that some of the targets were a little on Jenner's side. They were. They were, and I, you know, I mentioned that, but you know, I'm a fan of people hitting targets. Yeah, I mean, we we talked to a handful of people. This was their first match, maybe not on the podcast, but I talked to them, and they were like, "Yeah, I was getting yeah decent hits." And it's like this style of a match, like a hunter style. It's like the it's it's different than a known distance, you know, match where you're trying to get the perfect wind and the perfect, you know, elevation and everything dialed in. It's like this is like on the clock, finding the targets, ranging the targets, setting up into position, and impacting them. So it's like, you know, having a little bit of forgiving targets was, I think, a really good move on Eddie's part. Awesome. I mean, we got we got Jack Knowles over there. This is his second match. His dad's walking up the prize table right now. He This is his second match ever, and he came out and got a decent amount of hits. Like, yeah. that's what it's about. Like, because oh, sure. he's the next generation, right? Yeah. So... I think I think having some generous targets was definitely oh, for good, sure. but also having that separator for me, you, David, Harrison. Yeah. Like I'm su- like Harrison got second. I'm yeah. super proud of him. He just switched over to a Remax. Yeah. He just went to Nationals. I actually sent him. I was I hit a financial wall, wasn't able to go. Sold my spot to Harrison and then he went up to Nationals and got to shoot Nationals. Yeah. Cuz we only got three slots for our for our yeah. club from NRL. So I just sold my slot to him and let him go up and now he's burning it down. Came in second at this match. Yeah. Like eighty seven total rounds and you scored eighty one. I mean 
that's that's some solid shooting on your part. Yeah, yep, I dropped six points. Uh, Harrison was like like fractions of points behind me. Right, so it, so it came down to the time stage, right? Yep, yep. We got another RO walking the table right now. It's her. She doesn't shoot this style of match at all, but she she was the win pig for every single one of us. We all shot in the exact same order yesterday, and it was it was a good time. But That's yeah, awesome. I mean, you and you and Harrison were separated by points. He literally just he's a gunsmith. He just spun up that um, that Remex not too long ago, like for the Cavern Cove match. Yeah. Um, that's not even NRL 22 affiliated. It was just an outlaw match, and he, he did really good. He came in eighth there. Yep. He did really well at Nationals, and then he comes here and takes second place. So he's on the, he's on the rise. you got to watch out for Harrison. He's a killer. He's going to be hurting us tomorrow at the NRL 22 match down in Altus for sure. But, I mean, congratulations. I mean, coming out here, flying out here to help with practice score, yeah. setting it up. I mean, you set up all the practice scores for – the NRL 22 in general, yep. but then helping us out here, greatly, greatly appreciated. I mean, yeah. um, I know it's not easy. I've personally messaged you and been like, I'm all jacked up. I can't do a <laughs> damn thing. Help me, please. And you've just been, boom, right there with it and taking care of us. So super appreciate that on, on your part. For really sure. appreciate it. For sure. The uh, the learning curve seems intimidating on practice score, but once you get into it, it's not. Right. But every once in a while, you get yourself into a bind, and like, then having somebody like me on the phone or, or uh, you know, be able, be able to reach out makes a big difference to get right. out of it. Exactly. So. I mean, I still don't know how to do, like, the point one, like, equals a point. Like, I, I still <laughs> don't know how to do that. Or I would have set up the practice score for Eddie and, like, already had it done. Um <laughs> Because, like, we, we shot all the ROs yesterday but didn't have practice scores. So, like, yep. on the way to breakfast this morning, I'm throwing in all of the <laughs> stuff on practice score. The iPad's missing. You guys are freaking out. I'm like, no, I got it. It's fine. <laughs> oh, oh, here's a note. It says that I took this tablet. Yep. I took this tablet because I'm, I'm putting stuff into the practice score for you guys. But I super appreciate it yeah. uh, coming on here. One, just helping out with the match. Two, all the work that you do with the NRL. Yeah. I don't know if you work with them, if you're just affiliate, what it is that you do, but I know you've helped me out, so much appreciation to you, man. Um, well, I know. Mainly, I, uh, you know, I, I, I helped. I actually was kind of the liaison to get practice score to actually build out the NRL 22 tablet for. Nice. Or the uh, template for. for uh, yeah, because that's not easy. Like getting a hold of those guys and having them do all the, the logistical yeah. coding, whatever. Yeah, because they don't, they don't create the templates anymore like uh, on practice score they so i mean like getting them to do that work was a little bit of a you know a lift and we finally got them to do it um but beyond that i also help with the uh the monthly course of fires i help you know review that stuff me and dominic thompson and ruth susie and lynn uh, uh lynn bigelow and a handful of other folks are all kind of helping review the courses of fire each month um and then i recently of course uh helped come out with the, uh, the leaderboard you know, for the uh, NRL right. 22 monthly series. And how does that how does that exactly work? Because I saw the post on it, but, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I saw the post, and then I forgot about it because, yeah. like, my feed is full of so many so yeah. many things. I kind of forgot about it. So now we're going to be able to see a leaderboard for NRL 22 normal monthly matches? Yep. Yep. That's interesting. Yep. And uh, it is um, – it was a long post, but, you know – 
You got. I had to. You know, we had to list out all the different things because we've been working on it for months. Like I've been right. taking. I took all the data from. Uh, you know, people have been asking for this sort of thing for. You know, for years. Right. I and, mean, since it started, everybody's like, "Oh, I want to be able to track right. everything." Yeah. Like, that's a lot of work, yeah. guys. Like. So well, and you know, and they they were just having, you know, they were having trouble deciding what was the best way of doing it, and like they're like, well, let's just figure something. I go, well, hey, we've got like years of data. Let's just take last season, apply a few different models, you know, review kind of some of the stats, and like figure out what's gonna like work out good. And so then that's what we came out with this uh, the version we have now. We are still in a trial season right now. So, I mean, right. uh, this season is still kind of a trial period where we're going to let people get familiar with it. They're going to see what it does. They're going to, you know, and then we're going to kind of take it to the community and see if we want to do, is it the top, your top five scores over the NRL 22 season? Or is it your top six or top seven? Right. You know, so, it, you know, it's 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 not. Because we shoot, what, 11 matches a year? Yeah. And there's, there's a, most years are about nine scoring months. Uh, this year's there's 10 scoring okay. months. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was saying. But um, but it's not like an X match. It's not like a PRS Rimfire match. It's not like, you know, a regional match. It's every single month at a club. It's a club series. You yeah. Know? So we need a little bit more than three three matches to score. Right. Um, and it's it's encouraging it's doing a few things. It's encouraging shooters to shoot more matches. It's encouraging uh, match directors to submit their scores, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, every match counts. Right. You know, whereas before, which which it still is the same way for the drawing, where if you uh, shoot, the only time you get in the drawing is um, if you win your division, the only way you get in the drawing is if you got first place in your division and it's the first time you're shooting that course of fire for the month right your name always goes in the random draw yeah you go in the random draw every match or all you're the that. md and it goes in or right or whatever it may be but we had mds that would get to like the second or third like like my match like 97 percent of the shooters in the area will shoot my match on the first weekend yep the second weekend that guy might only have two or three shooters that haven't shot the course of fire yet that month and then you go to the third weekend or the fourth weekend and it's like the match directors are like why do i even submit yep. you know but now it's like Every score counts, and so if they go to that match on the fourth weekend, if they go to that match on the fourth weekend and they get, you know, they finally get their 100%, like, they're going to be up that match director's butt being like, hey, submit. You know, submit your scores. Submit. I want to see, see my rank go yeah, up. Yeah, I want to see my so, rank go up, yeah. Because yeah. we're the last Sunday of the month yep. at Altus. Because, I mean, there's so many things going on at Altus that we have to be mm -hmm. the last weekend and we kind of have to take what we can get, which is fine, but, like, being able to see that now because before you could do like the matchup on the website nrl22.org you could see like your matchup between say myself and david swedberg both in the same club or jeremy um jeremy yeah. salter like we could see each other thing but that's only if we were shooting nrl 22x yep right and now all three of us are here and i beat both of those guys and they're super super good so i'm yeah. super happy about that but now i gotta contend with harrison because he's gonna come out yeah and get me so it it is what it is and i thought 73 was gonna was a pretty pretty strong score but like you guys burned it down today <laughs> like you guys burned it down like it stage stage eight nine and ten were were the deciding oh, factors yeah. um i will ask you this how far did you make it on stage one did you clean stage one i did wow that yep. was moving because we only got not a single ro I take that back. One RO got into position, but had one mag. Oh. And that was a 12-round stage. Or no, it was an eight-round stage, but he missed two shots. Oh. So he didn't. He was trying to, like, hand load oh, no. rounds into a voodoo oh, mag. No. And I was like, oh, no. 
and then we found out, and then we loaned him a mag. So it was that. So I, that was my question. I was like, was that stage doable? Clearly it was. <laughs> so there you go. Did I, you get into the bed of the truck or the um, ATV? I or? actually shot left-handed on the last the okay. last position. Okay. I uh, put it right between the seat belt and the bar yep. on top of my bag and then rounded them off. That's how I was going to do it if yeah. I got there. I heard you got hung up in the middle of the seat there. Um, like, yes, um, I would uh, I would like to file a sexual assault claim on <laughs> the, uh, the Kubota or whatever that was because, like, every person in our squad got that e-brake up the butt. It was <laughs> – like super funny because like you're you're up and you're like cresting over the top of it and then like you're trying to come down and it like oh just nails you right in the butt and you're like oh god now I got something else to worry. About. I have to I have to I, I thank the RO so much. Did they put the e brake down? No. Oh, no, because good. you have to have the brake up so you don't move. But like I was getting ready to go and she's like, "Hen, watch out for that e brake." You know, a uh, guy had an interesting encounter with that yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And so then, well, I, uh, her husband had the had the first encounter. I'm, why didn't she say her husband had an encounter? Why <laughs> well, did actually, it have to be me? She might not have named a name. She just said uh, a, some a guy. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. happens to be I'm that <laughs> That's guy. Right. So there you go. And um, anyways, I like I look at it. I'm like, holy crap! And it's just like this huge e brake. Like there's no way to like get over it without. You know, basically yeah. straddling it, and, and uh, anyway, so I, I changed my entire plan. So I shot the two, you know, I shot off the the left bar and then over the steering wheel, and then I went outside of the vehicle, went all the way around, and then oh wow, okay. In. And that uh, did that you helped. range each target, or did you just I know did. that it was within a certain distance? I did. I I ranged every target on every stage. Do you have your dope memorized or something like that? Were you no, referencing I've, a chart? You I got had, an armboard. I had an armband okay. built out. Like this is my first time. Well. I've I've shot one other hunter pseudo style type match for for rimfire, which was at Eagle Eye, uh, you know, about a year ago. Um, but this was this was uh, uh, like the first time that I'd really got into. I, you know, I picked up a pair of ranging binoculars from Bushnell off the prize table at Nationals. Okay. So I got to put those to work today. Hell yeah. Um, you know, I, I talked to my buddy Joey McConnell that won the the hunter match up at Eagle Eye this past year and here. Um, you know, a few months back, I was like, "What? What do I got to do here?" You know. Yeah. So he, they all gave me some pointers of, uh, of you know, get your get your dope written out and like you know set some timers. So I had like the the uh, precision match yep. timer on the Apple Watch. I yep. had that ba- baby going. Um, I bought a watch specifically for that, and then I forgot to put it on yesterday. So did I. Like I don't even own an iPhone, but I went out and I bought an, an Apple Watch off of. Uh, you Facebook know, marketplace Facebook for seventy five bucks. And yep. Then I bought they the app. That, and I bought I just, mine for eighty. I, yeah. Exact same thing. Yep. But it's excellent. So. Awesome. Awesome. Well, once again, congratulations. Super appreciate you coming out. Um, yeah. I know this is probably a trek. There might have been something better you wanted to do this weekend, but we appreciate you having out here at Arena, and you're able to walk off with some hardware yeah. and uh, a Manners composite stocks. So. Yeah. Appreciate it, Manners. I mean, I was eyeballing that, too. Yeah. I gave my uh, – I was looking at that, the Voodoo Sir or the Suppressor, because um, I was going to uh, – the people that I shot with uh, all weekend, good friends of mine, like, I don't need any more stuff. Like, yeah. I got plenty of stuff. Like, so I got – I've already got a KGM Suppressor in jail, so I just gave them the certificate because, oh, nice. like, why not? Like, I don't I, need I another I just one. got a KGM. I got the 6-millimeter can. I think I got it back about a, about a month ago, um, so I just got that, and I've got another one in jail from uh, Thunderbeast Arms. Okay. So I was like, eh, I don't need another suppressor, especially a 22. I already got a nice Thunderbeast, you know, yep. 22 takedown. 
Um, so yeah, I, I thought the same thing about those, but yeah, that Manor stock that was a, a pretty good. I mean, eleven hundred dollar value. Yeah. I mean, they had Vorte they had a uh, uh, Vortex certs and Leupold optics on the table, good optics and like yeah, nice spotting scope, like like two guns two guns like the prize table was stacked for this it was really, yeah, really did good, a good, show. Job. good show out did a good well job. appreciate your time and uh hopefully we'll be shooting with you again shortly sounds good awesome thanks, thanks man guy. all right folks thanks for joining me uh sorry if this audio is a little bit weaker but you got to do what you got to do thanks for joining us i hope you guys enjoyed all of these small little interviews that I was able to knock out while we were waiting for scores at the NRL 22 X match in the arena. Um, I was just picking people at random and picking some of my friends and just trying to get content for you guys on some, uh, some different topics or different ideas about what the NRL 22 X or the precision rifle shooting in general has. Uh, thank you again to Eddie. Thank you again to Beth. Thank you again to Levi for coming down and help set up all the practice score stuff. Thanks for all the shooters that came out, all the ROs that battled the 106-degree weather the day prior to make it that much more enjoyable for all the shooters that showed up and competed um, on Saturday. Really appreciate you guys. If you want, you can follow us on social media at another GD podcast on Instagram. My personal Instagram is at hotgd rod you can find me on facebook at guide marco forward slash or facebook.com forward slash guide marco all right hope you guys enjoyed and we'll see you later